legends of sport, the voice of legends of sport. When legends speak, people listen. Now, here's your host, the coach, Chuck Hatcher. All right, all right, all right. Hey, listen, welcome, you sports insider now. Yeah, we're back here with storms and all. I hope you're doing well there, and thank you for letting us be a part of your uh, your day. And we're catching up, uh, of course, with the Wally Wonder segment, the number one uh, segment. Now, blessed for, um, for Legends on podcasting, of course, we'll be simulcasting as well with our new cable network with the great Tim Reed and, and whatnot on uh, Liberty Cable. That's right. Coming out of both uh, Puerto Rico and, of course, uh, the Virgin Islands as well as uh, Virginia. That's going to be interesting. And thank you for our new new venture. And, of course, we got the news you can use. That's right, voice of the legends of sports. When legends speak, while everybody listens. And we got a special day of uh, uh, legend here. We're going to be talking with you on the, Haven't seen him in many a moon, but... Of course, you with my Stevie Wonder act now. I'm just hanging on in there. I hope you understood that. But look, this guy was uh, a man. This, this legend is something else. One of the quietest spoken guys and very, very, uh, very passive with things. But he's a great, great clinician in the in the uh, in the uh, standards of what what we used to call the uh, concerned athletes in action there in the in one of the bread baskets of basketball in the country at the Sidewater area. He was a ooh, ooh, stellar guy. They call him all for a good reason. He was so intense, not as just on offense, but a tenacious man on defense. Probably one of the better uh, playmaking guys that you can have on, on a team as far as bringing up to a different level. He was drafted by the great Ernie Fears, that's right. And he's an author now and also one of our great, great legends in the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, I think he was, Bobby, he was in, he was in camp with Bobby Hunter, I think he was, man. And, and, uh, yeah, he was a roommate. Yeah, yeah, he with Bobby Hunter. I mean, this is something else. But I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he's doing such a great job because he was always one to go right back to his own community where he, he hailed from. The genesis of his career, his career was in Carolina, and of course, uh, in the completion of his professional career, he went back home and just indulged in what he does and made the author uh, a career as well as a clinician career. We're talking about a young man called Tommy Long, called him all, and he's really, really one of the more well-respected legends of HBCUs and basketball. And we got him here with Wally. And we're going to have a great, great talk here. We're going to have some fun. And we're going to listen to him because what he has to say is right there in the line with all the great action uh, uh, legends that we've had in the uh, Concerned Athletes and Action Jaga. But now, of course, it's in Shoot for the Stars. And he's got his own and the brotherhood of the the uh, fraternity of legends lives on and doing well when it comes to what the Wally Wonder Show is doing. But let's talk right now. Well, first of all, let's find out how you doing down there in Florida, buddy. What's up? Well, well things are beautiful. I'm just excited um, to have Tommy Long on. We have so many things that are in common, but 
uh, want to talk about the intelligentsia or the academicians. I want our listeners to understand this because during our period of time of playing professional basketball, most of the uh, athletes were college graduates. And one of the things we have so much in common, um, I know all the years, and he'll talk about it, all the years I've worked at uh, correctional facilities for youth, Gratis for Lewisburg, mm-hmm. uh, Hanover, Beaumont, Southampton, so many places where I've been to work. But uh, one of the things I, I'm excited about is uh, his publications, which I just learned about, and I'm utilizing with our uh, Silence of Violence clinics, not only in Philadelphia, but in other areas. Um, Tommy Long, maybe you give me a little background in reference to your growth kind of years, but also your correctional. I want the people to know the many years that you've been in that sort of uh, a field, that field, something that I've been involved with since I was uh, in Philadelphia working with a correctional facility. Tommy, good to have you on. Yeah, yeah Tommy. Yeah. yeah, man. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I, uh, after Norfolk State, I uh, was with the Globetrotters about two years and I got drafted in the military and I went in the military and uh, I continued to perform well in athletics and uh, made all of the all army all armed forces you know played in the, the SISM games and all of that but what had happened I got injured and I'm a 100% disabled veteran now Wow, okay. Uh, uh-huh. I left service, I wasn't able to, I couldn't elevate. Uh, so, but I did, I went back to uh, my O3C20 when I was in the military, a physical activity specialist at Fort Leavenworth. And uh-huh. I went back to that profession. And uh, I couldn't find a job in Durham, so Raz Brown from Virginia, old North State colleague. That's right. Yeah. He uh, called me one day and said, man, there's an opening at Southampton Correction Center. And that was just the beginning of uh, my career. 32 years in uh, corrections. Wow. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, quite a few years in maximum security. And, man, I've talked to serial killers, uh, in, in, anybody you can name uh, I've had an opportunity to uh, speak with them, and uh, I learned a lot. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of very intelligent men that's incarcerated, mm-hmm. and some, some, some not guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I understand. Yeah, but I, I, well, you know, I, I enjoyed it, and sometimes right now I get a call from some of those guys and let me know how much they appreciate it. Yeah, you know, Tommy, I'm going to piggyback a little bit for our listeners. Raz Brown, uh, when I came to Norfolk State because of Bobby Dantis, when I played for the Bucks, I met Raz Brown, and he was one of the coordinators to raise funds for us to be concerned athletes in action. And we had the opportunity to actually bring teams to Southampton to play where Tommy Long was. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah one, one of the things that, that that's very important to me that Tommy said uh, when a lot of these inmates, um, uh, a lot of those places are very intelligent men there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they have a lot of time to read, uh, learning about new laws. A lot of them are getting their degrees in prison. A lot of them are really studying. 
But Tommy, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to back up a little because you said something that's interesting because Sam Jones, uh, JoJo White, Lenny Wilkins, uh, Coach Hatcher himself, our no. host, was in armed services. Uh, and a good friend of mine, Al Smith, or I'll miss, miss yeah. dearly one of my teammates with the Utah Stars. Yeah, played yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Tommy, I wanted to do a little more about military ball. Where, where were you stationed? Where were you located when you played? I started out at Fort Jackson. That's where, that's where I did my basic training. Uh-huh. And I didn't have to go through advanced training because of my education at Norfolk State University, you know, in recreation and physical education. Right. So I got my O3C20, that's what they call it, MOS. Uh-huh. And, and uh, then, uh, I'm going to tell you, man, two years in the military was two of my best years. I, you know, for a young man uh, to grow up and get that experience, uh, it's it's rewarding. I see. Uh-huh. It helps you mm. to move on in life, man, and realize, you know, like what's important. Yeah. And and learn to respect. <clears throat> you know. Did you ever play overseas, or were you overseas anywhere? Had you played in other countries? Yeah, I traveled uh, with the all armed forces. You travel uh, Europe, South America, everywhere. Oh, and, wow. and a lot of those teams we played against was they were they these guys were in the military, but they played on the national team in the Olympics. You know, That's places right. like that. That's right. Oh, yeah. I so can speak on that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, for interrupting you. I can speak on that, Tommy. Nineteen sixty-four, they had the all-black college teams, the all-armed forces team. It was a great experience for me to play in that Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Now, were, were you guys offered an opportunity when you played to play in the Olympics? Well, I'm going to tell you, I had a, I, you might have heard of a coach called Hal Fisher. I heard he used to coach the uh, Pan American Games. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And, uh, I remember. Now, now, somebody, you know, they could be telling the story, but they said he cut, he cut Earl of Pearl. I don't know. <laughs> that was in that was in '68. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they said he he cut Earl of Pearl, but I don't know, man. I, I damn it said that Earl of Pearl played on that thing, the Pan American team. But uh, you know, during the workouts and trials, he called me to the side, you know, and he said, "Tommy, he said you got all, you got a lot of potentials, you got everything." a good athlete need to be great in this game. He said, but you go one-on-one too much. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I started to cut you. <laughs> but you just, you got too much going on for me to, to cut you. And, you know, he had a system where you pass, you cut through. Yeah. And you work, you're working for the open shot. Uh-huh. But where I come from, once I pass and cut through, and if you bring it back to me on the other side, you ain't done nothing with it. I'm going to do something with it. You know? Yeah. you. <laughs> but look, uh, it was Coach K from Duke. Right. He was, he was out there. Coach K, uh, I think Popovich was on the all-armed forces team. Oh, was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was quite a few uh, professional athletes out there on that team. Uh, I got you. Yeah, man, we had a, had a great time. 
Yeah, well, I, I think about you guys because so many, your reputation of uh, when we were growing up in Philly, some of the African-American ballplayers couldn't, they weren't involved with the big five like LaSalle, Villanova, St. Joe, Temple. So a lot of great players that came out of Philly went down to historical black college. My brother went to A&T with Al Haddles. I mean, some great players. I mean, great players. Uh, even Earl Monroe. Uh, as good as these ball players were in Philadelphia, they weren't recruiting them. So I was one of the uh, second recruits to go to uh, Villanova University. So that opportunity afforded me to stay home. But when I think about what I heard about your team, because uh, done, we've done so much work in Norfolk with concerned athletes in Richmond, and your your reputation precedes you when it talks about the three amigos, which I want to get into for a minute. That's a book that uh, Mr. Tommy Long has actually created. And I've been reading it, Tommy. And when I, I look at all the guys that went to Norfolk State, so many guys I played against and with in Norfolk, but you three amigos, uh, you guys had quite a squad. What, what, what was your record in college when you uh, when you guys won the CIAA? Uh, well, the year before, in 19, uh, I think it was 67 or 68, that was the year that they, uh, they won the CIAA. But in 1968, 69 is when we led the nation in scoring 106 points. Ooh. Ooh. Yo, getting up and down. No wonder you had, you're the offensive you can put the ball in the basket, man. <laughs> yeah. But look, let me tell you a story. Uh, uh, Willis Reed. Uh-huh. I remember playing against him. In, in, I'm talking about the Black College, Small yeah. America, Luke Jackson. Uh, yeah. So Willis Reed, was he had the word out there that he was looking for somebody to play against Grambling before the, uh, the Phoenix Suns and the New York Knicks game. Right. So, Coach Fields called him. He said, uh, Willie, Willis, you didn't ask me. He said, ah. I'll play you. We'll play your team. And so we ended up in Madison Square Garden. And uh, Gremlin had a seven-footer, two-six-seven forwards, an all-American guard, you know, and we came in there, we had damage. We had just lost our center, Alfonso Scott, to the military. He got drafted. Right. Coach put damage in a floating position. And uh, so we had myself, Bonaparte, Morel James, and uh, mm -hmm. we had one other, one other player. He was about 6'3". And so, see, we didn't read no clippings. You know what I mean? We ain't right. <laughs> man, look, when they threw that ball up, we jumped on Gremlin. And, man, we like to woe them out. <laughs> you so, in Madison Square Garden. I think I got about 18 and 18 assists that night. Whoa. Sanders hit about 34. Bone hit 38. You know, Young. yeah, we was doing it. So when the game was over... Some people were leaving. He said, well, what y'all leaving for? He said, man, he said, look, they cannot top what we just saw the way Norfolk State was running that break. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, so then <laughs> one of the reporters approached Coach Fields, and he said, man, y'all ran that break tonight. 
Coach Fields told him, he said, no, man, we didn't, we didn't run the break. He said, the pony was hurt. I had a oh. muscle in my leg the, the night before at Hampton Institute playing a game down there. So I wow. was the leg. I was dragging the leg and still got 18 assists <laughs> and, and 18 points. You know? Yeah, you playing the game, Tommy. That must, yeah. that's, but Madison Square Garden, that must have been a great experience yeah. for you. I've never played on the floor like that before. You know, you can just, you know how it is. You just spring. Yeah. You know. I mean, you know, it was just, it was just different. Yeah, yeah. In the atmosphere, about 20,000 people in there. Oh, that's, a, I love playing there. That's one of yeah. my favorite spots. Yeah, we was excited, man. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get back to education because um, with our, Legends of the City of Brotherly Love have been a series of Sounds of Violence rallies and clinics. And recently, since I got some of Tommy Long's publications, that actually, for our listeners, these are children's books. And uh, one about father and son, grandmother, words of wisdom. And I'll let Tommy elaborate on it, but I've been utilizing this, and these kids have really been enjoying it, Tommy. There's something we all need to do anyway. We need to emphasize the importance of reading. But could you tell us more about your children's books? Right. Uh, these books are based on, uh, you know, my experiences uh, growing up in a single-parent home and uh, getting a lot of assistance from the community and coaches. Uh, the community I came from is like we, we were, you know, like more like raised by a village. I see. So... I thought that the uh, one of the most important things I learned was about the ten little big words, and I I felt that if I could get parents to incorporate these ten little big words into the raising of the children, and for various programs to incorporate this in what they are doing. We could change the way a lot of our kids think and act. Yes, I agree. So I came up with one book is a five and six year old learn about the ten little big words, and then this book was basically about uh, you know some of the limitations and some of the things that kids can learn from that age up. You know, yes, things that they can learn. Then. I thought it was uh, very important. I wrote a book called Father and Son Talk. You know, I never, I never, I never saw my father. I, I, you know, I never, and I was raised in a single parent home. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, had, you know, from a distance, I saw father and son, you know, communicating and stuff like that. Uh, I never felt like it was something that uh, I really missed because I had a loving mother that gave me everything that I needed. And she encouraged me to dream big, work hard, stay focused, and believe in yourself. Right. I use that phrase a lot in my books. So right. what I, I wrote a book called Father and Son. And in this book, I talk about some of the uh, responsibilities of each one, the father and the son, and how 
you know, each have to play a part in 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 uh, one another's lives. And then I wrote a book, being in athletics. I saw the importance of uh, the coach, right? Coaching players, and I thought that parents need to know what to look for when they take their kid and put them in a program. Yes, important. Uh, yeah. It's very important because that coach. Uh, you know, going to have the kids here for a while. And uh, if he's not, if that coach is not teaching and about what you is about, you know, he can be a bad influence. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so that's why I wrote that book. And then uh, I wrote a book on uh, grandmamas. Yes. The, big words. the reason I wrote that book, you know, in our culture, grandmamas play uh, a vital role in, uh, you know, what the kids are about in the history. You know, you can sit down and, uh, now I, I never had a chance to talk to my grandmother. I never saw my grandfather. Oh, well, yeah. No, you know. But, I was used to working with the old folks in the neighborhood. They loved me because I would run and do chores and stuff like that for them. Oh, and I, yeah. I saw the importance of, uh, their road where they was taking in kids that didn't belong to them, and, you know, feeding them. I was part of the deal, you know. They, I had an old lady up the street named Mama Torrey. She uh-huh. called me up there, man, and put some biscuit over me, put some jelly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you eat some good food, boy. <laughs> oh, what you talking about, man? So, uh, and then I wrote this book, Tommy uh, Hawk Long discussed bullying and violence. You know, during that time it was that was a it's always been a major problem, you know, in school and uh in the communities. Yes. And it doesn't it doesn't uh stop just in in the schools. I mean once you get out of school, you know, there's still a lot of bullying. Yeah, a lot of bullying, yeah I agree. And it's just like down here in Durham now, this is why Wallace I wanted uh, the mayor and the sheriff to get involved with you. We just got a lot of stuff going on, especially stuff. That yeah. If we get these kids involved and uh, and get them to a point where they can look forward to something each day at a certain time, I think we can make a difference. Uh, so uh, yeah. this is why. Yeah. That's why this is why I thought what you're doing and your legends are so important. And and man, I'm gonna tell you, I am proud to be a part of, of what y'all are doing up there because I saw the work that you were doing down in Virginia Beach. And oh yeah, the, the concern athletes in action. Yeah, well I'll tell you, Tommy, uh, we can make a difference. Uh, uh, Coach and I had the experience in the Midwest with uh, Lamar Green, Phoenix Suns, Squires, uh, Bill Dinwiddie from Milwaukee, Reggie Theus, Bob Love. We use the same premise, uh, Bill Baggett from Philadelphia. Uh, and I think it's important, no matter what we do, to show our young people that men are still care about our most important attributes of our youth. So. We're going to get into that. Uh, I'm going to be in contact with, uh, of course, 
Um, I think it's Officer Burkhead. Is that his name? I did call. His secretary called me. Yeah, the sheriff. That's who you, the sheriff. And then you told me you even have an African American male who's a female. Yep. Well, here's what's happening in Philadelphia. Uh, Cheryl Clark is uh, nominated as the mayor. It'll be the first time they have an African American female uh, into the mayorship of Philadelphia, and that's something that I'm trying to utilize again to do more training. But again. When we talk about uh, literacy and we talk about read to achieve, Chuck knows the years we did reading for fun in right. the Midwest. We yeah. stayed uh, all the way down. Chuck, where were we? Chicago? Uh, Chicago. Um, uh, what was that? Uh, Peoria. Peoria. Springfield. Bloomington. Springfield. Jackson. Uh, East St. Yes. Louis. Uh, East St. Yeah. That's right, Coach. You're bringing yeah. back my and memory. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, where well, the Ku Klux Klan ran us out of there. That yeah. was Alton. The Alton, yeah, Alton. Yeah, yeah, get out by sundown. They told thing, us man. to get out by sundown, yeah. Tommy. So, yeah. But I, I, wanted, I wanted to back up again because, <laughs> you know, I uh, talked to uh, Chink Scott, who also brought right. me back to the NBA, the mm -hmm. uh, NBA coach of the year for the Detroit Pistons. Mm -hmm. And he's written a new book called The NBA in black and white, the memoir of a trailblazing NBA player and coach. Wow. Uh, I also have the book in front of me, Long Time Coming, which I've been reading a lot now because Chet Walker was the one that got me involved with writing. I, I co-authored a book with Jim Martian from Villanova 76ers called Black Champions Challenge American Sports. It just talks about the history of African-American athletes back in the 1800s that never got recognition. But that book itself, it was rather controversial because before each chapter, they talked about the lynchings. Uh, we also, Tommy, we had Archie Clark. Uh, Archie Clark came on. He has a book out called mm. Shake and Bake. So uh, I, I think it's so important for our listeners to understand uh, that when I grew up, I'm going to be quite frank, I'm a little older than you guys, uh, we were called brawn and no brains. Yep. And uh, one of the things that my coach told me at Overbrook High School, you're not here to play basketball, you're here to be a student. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want you guys to remember this date. Um I think it's July 26th. They're having a special on Showtime about Will Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. And I bring his name up because he was a guy that was more than just a basketball player. He's a renaissance man, very intelligent. But toward us, important when we were in high school, Walt Hazard and I, to be a scholar athlete because that would give you an opportunity to go to college. I'm from a family of nine. And I, I was fortunate, Tommy, because my father... 106 years old, he was always there. Uh, he, he, yeah, he taught me a trade, Tommy, of uh, something I utilized all my life, interior, exterior decorating. Mm -hmm. And so he taught me something very important of a trade to earn money. But when you were growing up, when you were out of where you lived, your high school team, I, I, I was talking about my high school, Overbrook, we're 84 and 4. What was your record in high school, Tommy? I, I wanted to hear about your history of what happened to you in high school. Well, in high school, uh, I was one of the few players that come out of junior high school and make the varsity, mm. you know, stay on the varsity team and contribute, you know what I mean? And later on, what I did my senior year, 
I led Hillside to the only 4A state championship in the history of the school. Wow. Don Lucas went there. Uh, Rodney Rogers. Oh, yeah. I heard. Oh, God, I know these guys. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> then we 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 played uh, Lawn Bird Institute. You heard of them? In North yes. Carolina. Yeah, that's what Charlie Scott it, went it, up there. Okay. Charlie Scott went there. Mm-hmm. And uh, another legend from New York went there. Uh, I can't think of his name. But in, right now, uh, we played Charlie Scott and beat him twice. Oh, wow, Charlie. Scott, they had these, uh, Barnberg was the type school that kept these kids for college. A lot of the I see. You know what I mean? So, Charlie Scott, and uh, they had a big 6'10 guy, and, I mean, all of these high-profile guys. They came to Hillside Gym. The tallest man we had was 6'3". Uh-huh. And the rest of us like six feet, six one, six two. Yeah. And we pressed from one end to the other. Uh. <laughs> we beat we beat Charles them twice. Yeah, he did some. And I outscored them. But I'm gonna tell you this: the only reason I w- I didn't I wasn't the first black player to enter the ACC is because of my grades, and that's oh. why that's why I'm so strict and hard on trying to encourage kids to you know you know think about education stay involved mm-hmm. because if you don't stay in school you can't be seen you yeah. know they ain't going on the block no more they ain't going on the block no more pulling you off the block putting you on no team nowhere he, he Tommy I, I was a scout for the Sixers in the Miami Heat for 20 years so I, I keep telling kids that somebody got to see you in school yeah he gonna see you on those school yard mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> yes yeah and and the next year they, I, I had graduated at 65 but the next year some of the same players that played with me uh-huh. played on a team they call it the Pony Express Right. And they averaged 105 points a game in high school. Whoa. And then, and my senior year, we averaged 98.5, but they upped it to 105 points. Oh, man, that's some basketball. That's cool. Uh, 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 and, and they lost in the finals the, the, the next year. They lost. They lost. West mm. Charlotte. And the year before, mm. we beat West Charlotte when I played. I got you. Yeah. Wow. So leadership is a is very important uh, on the team. I was I was always been a leader. Yeah. Position to lead, man, in my community, on the teams, you know. So it just come natural. Yeah. Well, coach, I wanted to back up a little because you're quite aware of this. Uh, people not aware that Charlie Scott, uh, a lot of them was helped by Sam Jones. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we had a big interview where he helped him to get to that school. To Longburg, yeah. For, that's what Sam was. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And and people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Billy Cunningham, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Caucasian, uh, championship part owner of the Miami Heat, he told me when he went to North Carolina, he said, 
He's from New York, from a Rasmus High, uh, oh, Tommy the, Long. Where the brothers and, and, Yeah, he said, where the brothers at? <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, so Charlie Scott is the first African-American yeah. that played in, in that area. And, and I understand what you're saying. Uh, when I look at what's changed so much about these schools now, when I played against Memphis, West Virginia, uh, all those teams down south, they had no African-Americans. Now, I'm a 60-64, right. and I, I used to go travel all these places to play against. You never see an African-American on any of these teams, but so many things have changed now because all those schools have maybe one white guy on the team at uh, Alabama, um, West Virginia, Memphis, all those teams before. So things have changed. But one of the things I wanted to get into with you again, Tommy, is something that I'm that our coach and I want to talk about, especially your publication. Uh, coach, I wanted to talk about how his books about coaching and how that team that they had in Norfolk State had changed mm -hmm. the climate of the HBCUs, but also how as a scout for 10 years for the 76ers and the Miami Heat, uh, scouting the CIAA, uh, MEAC, SWAC, and all those areas. Tommy, I never knew whether you guys had a chance to play against any of those other conferences, even though you were in the CIAA. Did yes. you ever have a chance? Yeah, yeah, we played. Our first game was down in a, what we call the Georgia Invitational Tournament. Right. We went down there out of you know a lot of HBCU schools involved in that, including uh, Russell Salem from the CIAA during that time. So we won that. Uh, and we were freshmen. And no. went down and we won that. And the and the uh, strange thing about it, Coach Fields was the type of coach where if you played there, you had credibility, and it was your position to lose. But when, when Damage, Bonaparte, Al Scott, and myself came in there, he had to make a decision. He had a, a bunch of uh, upperclassmen. He had four freshmen. He had to make a decision whether he was going to take us on that trip. Right. And you know what happened? Uh-huh. Four upperclassmen had to stay home. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Down there. And... Uh, that was my, you know, my first real action in college. And I went down there and I contributed. And I think I scored in double figures, a big article about, uh, you know, what, how I had contributed to the team and that kind of stuff. And the first year, I played more than any of the freshmen on the team. Damage, on part in them. I was like the sixth or seventh man. Right. You know, so... Yeah, yes, we played uh, other uh, and we went to the MEAIC. And, you know, you got different teams, different conferences there. You know, right conference. Right. When, when I saw Earl that won it, I'm trying to. I can't remember the year they went and won the national uh, with Big House Gaines, but um, I saw that he played against teams that had uh, Caucasian ball players. And when I talked to Pep and Hamp. Uh, even Coach Hatcher, uh, we have a long conversation 
when I first moved to Norfolk, when I was playing with Bobby Daniels in 72, I didn't realize that uh, Pep and Hamp and all those guys never played against white ball players. And then uh, when Coach Hatcher told me his experience being the first African-American to integrate Norview, integrate the Norfolk public school system, it was Norview. So it was quite a a shock to me. Of course, it wasn't. uh, I I have to say this to our listeners, because when I was 15, when I went down to see my brother at A&T at 15 years old in the 50s, uh, there were signs up again about colored white fountains. You got to sit in here. You got to eat in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those experiences for me was something. Uh, when you were in college, did you experience a lot of that during your travels? Man, one of the most embarrassing experiences I had, I think we was traveling to Winston-Salem. And we had to uh-huh. pass through uh, my hometown on right. 85 on South. Right. So we stopped at uh, in Butner, I believe, Butner, North Carolina. And that's only about 15, 10 miles from Durham. Right. We stopped in there, we were going to get you know, some refreshments or something. And man, I'm going to tell you, it looked like, number one, it looked like Bunner Fights came in there, a, a shirt, deputy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and then people. Come out the woodwork, man. You know, so Coach Field said, y'all be calm, be calm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we were able to uh, get out of there without being injured or anything. But look, Dan has never let me down with that, man. He's like, man, be down here, you know, you can't go nowhere, you know. Well, you know, you know. Yeah, and he messed with you on that, huh, Tommy? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Well, you know, I I think about that because I was 15, and my brother was at Greensboro, you know, Bennett College, A&T. He was part of the sitting in at the counters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, I was only 15 when I went down south, and I just was shocked, uh, you know, uh, of how how you had to have a fountain, how you sit in the top, how you had to eat in the kitchen. Because my mother told me, I'm not eating nobody's kitchen. So uh, we just left. We just drove straight through because it, it was so unfortunate. But something that hurts uh, hurts me deeply that um, in our society today, things are still happening that are, that are just horrible in reference to the uh, anti-Semitism, the... Uh, the way blacks are still treated with the police department and all like that. So we are trying to make a difference, Tommy. And I, I was glad that you had an opportunity to share with me your publication because I am going to utilize them. And I'm also going to get back with the the sheriff. Uh, I don't I don't remember the mayor's name, but I'm going to get back with them, Tommy, and we're going to try to make an opportunity, maybe make a difference down in Durham. I hope yeah. so. I, I think you can, uh and, and you know, I I don't know why it's like this. But sometimes people in position they don't reach out and accept help from the outside. You know. Oh, I have. Chuck, you know about that very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they, we yeah. all over the country trying to help out, and they don't want you to come in yeah, there yeah. interfering with them. Yeah. You. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they think they're the only ones that, that, 
you know, if you have, if you didn't do it with them, you haven't done it. But yeah, yeah. But if you haven't traveled and experienced a lot of things, you don't know. You need no. to reach out to somebody. You know, they can help you to point you in the right direction. No. Yeah. That, that's what I'm hoping that, uh, that they would do with you because I've offered my help. But yeah. you know, sometimes uh, Durham, was a, Durham can be a real, uh, you know, like when I was growing up, it was like who you know. I got you. you know, I got like, you. And, uh, mm -hmm. even, even amongst the blacks. I got you. At, uh, my my uh, high school counselor told me I was the top basketball player probably in the state of North Carolina. He had a few scholarships. But she told me uh, uh, college is not for everybody. Some people need to get a job. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> if, I, if I was the type of person that allowed things like that to get me down, I could have fallen easily into that pattern that she wanted me to go. But what I did, I used that. I used that as a motivator. Yes. Motivate me. Mm -hmm. and, and when I was in situations where uh, I was up against, like when I played with the Globetrotters, it was a whole bunch of guys out there, man. Looked like it was a hundred, like they were coming. Yeah, everybody trying out. <laughs> everybody trying out. Yeah. It ain't for everybody trying out, and they mm -hmm. invite certain people, but you can come in there and try out. But I think what got me over is that I was able to reach deep down inside of myself. Yeah. And pull something yeah. out that, that they didn't have, you know. Uh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, good players just show up like that, you know. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cream come to the top. Yeah, pressure makes the diamond. Now, I, you know, you think about that, Tommy, and I'm going to uh, reiterate on something that's very important. As, I, as being older, when I went to Overbrook High School, I was half Jewish-American, half African-American, and my counselor wanted to put me in the shop. Uh, auto and all that. And my mother came up to the school. She said, I want him to take college courses. Well, business courses, college, because I, I actually went to Temple Prep School because I graduated in February. But I think about that now, how, just like you said, coaches are so important. I've yeah. seen these coaches destroy kids, don't know how to coach or handle. I've seen the AAU where they destroy these ball destroy players. Them. That, destroy them. Yeah, That's right. yeah they, they destroy them. And they're not playing the game or teaching them the of being having good character or even how to play the game. I've right. seen a lot of AAU games where they just they don't play basketball. But the reason why I brought that up because I like your conversation about what Coach Fears did for you guys because he made men out of some great guys. When I read your book, mm -hmm. and, and it's so important that I, and I know that Raz and Pep and Hamp and a lot of guys there have copies of it. But it's so important to see what these guys have done afterwards. I mean, yeah. how great men they became from having a coach mm -hmm. that taught them how to be men. Mm -hmm. 
And, right. and I had, had to bring that up. I know that Coach Hatcher, your coach, who was that coach in Elizabeth City? Very well known. Bobby Vaughn. Yeah, yeah who? Bobby Vaughn. Yeah, coach. Great coach there. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, great yeah. great good, man. Good mentor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in black colleges, uh, we had a special relationship with our coaches back in the day. You know, you take Coach Fields for an example. We, when we go on a road trip, he didn't stay in no hotel. He didn't go eat at some restaurant. Because in the CIAA, when, when I played, it gave you, like, bag lunches. and, and then <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> and then you would sleep in some room where you had about 10 bucks in there, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sleep, he would sleep with us. Oh, that's something. Eat what we eat. And then sometimes, you know how you get the joking during scrimmage and you have a like a pickup game, y'all be playing against one another, playing. Yeah. Coach Fields gets out get involved, man, because when he was in college he was uh played low post. He was six uh-huh. three and big strong man. And he enjoyed uh operating from that low post, man. And he yeah. talked more trash than damage on the court. So, so we just had a beautiful time, man. And this, this man, this man was just outstanding. And every player has a description about Coach Fields and what they learned. And all of it is great. You know, he's yeah. just an coach. And what I try to do in my books is that I try to educate people on the whole team, old players, you know, because, you know, like you go to college now, they don't know nothing about uh, uh, somebody, you know, like a player like Big Jim Bean, James Big Jim Bean, from, he stayed up there in Maryland. Uh-huh. He went to Alpha State when it was the EAIC. Uh, he averaged about 26 points. 20-some rebounds. What? Yeah. And probably nobody ever heard of him. That's what I'm nobody, glad you... <laughs> nobody never heard of him. And North State don't have not one picture of him down there or nothing about it. Don't, don't have nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what I try to do is to go back and educate people about the players on the team. And if you notice in their books, I got pictures of every player Every player and and a, a profile of them, which I like. I know so many guys. Ooh, that's right. And yeah. you know what, Marlon? Yeah. Let me tell you something. I'm working on a book now called "The Traces of the Development of the Hawk." Okay. And in each one of my books, I feature uh, a player, an outstanding player. And you know who I'm featuring in this this book? Who's that? What a one. Come on, man. I really appreciate that, Tommy. I really do. And see, uh, the, reason, and the reason I'm doing this, man, is because I see, you know, the, the work that you put in and, and, the, and the men you got up, men and, and women you got up there working with the legends. I see what y'all are doing, man. And, and uh, you, you know, what I, I see you as a, 
as a community hero, man. Uh, true, true success is more about uh, giving than receiving. Yeah. Lifting others up instead of always thinking of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think well. you fall right in that category. Mm-hmm. And you are deserving of that community mural that they uh, just established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to send you all a flyer yeah. on it. Yeah. And uh, to end here, Coach, mm-hmm. uh, 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 we can make a difference. If not you, who? If not now, when? If not here, where? So, Tommy, we I really appreciate you being on today because there's so much I learned. But I, I, I'm a reader, and I've been reading all these books, but I've been enjoying your books. So I'll be utilizing them this weekend. Uh-huh. We'll be in West Philadelphia. We have a big festival, and one of the prerequisites is the kids have to read before they get on the court. Mm-hmm. So uh, just want to thank you again, Coach. Uh, no you know, question. Coach, no question, co- co- Coach is really, we've been a part doing this in the Midwest and all over the country, Arizona, all over schools, visiting schools, VA hospitals. So Coach is uh, someone that I appreciate for giving back with me. And, uh, and I have to tell you, Tommy, it's our ministry. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. That's what my pop said, son. You you got something that the Creator gave you something to live for. And Muhammad Ali said it in a tape. What is your value? What is your gift back to the Creator? Mm-hmm. And I uh, want to thank Coach for allowing you to come on. Man, it's been a great okay. interview, Coach. Yeah, it's been, it's been one of the big the right time and in the right place. I thank God for that. And God bless uh, Max staying on top of the timing for everything. And I want to okay. give, give a great thanks. I think things are going to be very, very much on the upswing, uh, Molly, because uh, I think that uh, Hawk is going to be very pleased with what comes out of the uh, out of the the uh, the heroes of the HBCU. And uh, the, the, the things that uh, we're going to be doing with John Carlos, uh, Bob Beeman, of course, is going to be actively involved as well. But uh, with you, Wally, of being the number one, voted the number one or the greatest clinician in the NBA, uh, top 50 in the history of the league, is something that's going to be. And I think Tommy would be very surprised what's coming toward that uh they call, what do you call that thing? The the uh, uh, the golden triangle down there, or something like that, Tommy. They call that yeah, yeah. But uh, you're not uh, you're not going to be uh, unappreciated because uh, what Tim Reed and and that new uh, uh, cable station for Sports Inside and Out on Liberty coming up. I think you'll be very, very, very prized. when you start talking about broadcasting. Uh, I can say now Wally has the Wally one, this segment that's actually is going to be possibly in a filming stage uh, in that region. If he selects and if Tim says it's cool, well, you actually have an area in Durham that uh, we could have a telecast, actually a, a tape broadcast coming in yes. periodically from that um, time. I didn't want to get into it too much, but I did talk it over with Max, and uh, you know, she's, she's a very impressive and involved with everything now, and when you get with a guy like Tim that really appreciates what we're trying to do with the legends of sports, not just here, but around the world, Tommy, okay. you, it's something that to be heard, and see, we, your actions and your heart 
and the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ is all over you. So therefore, you ain't got to go too far now. It's coming to you. All you right. See? So, all right, so that's, that's what's up, you know. And you got Wally. That was the best thing that Lord could have put in your heart was to open up for a clinician like Wally to get embedded and create a disease of polygenesis in there. So, you know, there's certain things called good diseases. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't like you. They don't like you, but they know you're good for them. So uh, oh, it, it, it's, it's going to be okay, man. One thing, Tommy, I must say to you, when the media gets involved and television and broadcasting comes behind you, that's something that I, I can say it honestly now in the broadcast business. That's what white people respect. Right. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get so we, we will see. We will see. All right. All right. So God bless you. You know when legends speak? Legends you know speak. Everybody listens, including the I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> God bless you. Hey, Tommy, you take care of yourself. And uh, a young man called uh, Sammy Shaw uh, told me to tell you hello. He was the commissioner. Uh, with uh, Doug Wilder underneath the Department of Corrections. Told me to tell you, uh, he was a very much of a, uh, a, a supporter of yours. He was in the Commissioner of Corrections office up right. there, and I didn't know that. And you got a homeboy, Butch Amari, uh, that was in the, that's retired from that. So that's, that's fantastic. Things done, patience, things do come to you. Patience, things do come to you. Keep it alive and keep praying. Hey, we got it all right here on the Wild and Wonder segment. Thanks a lot for us being a part of your day. And listen, the legends of speak, we give you the news that you can use. And when the legends speak, every, everybody listens. God bless y'all. Happy Father. Hey, Tommy, all them youngins you got there, you ain't get, if they're not uh, in your family, they're in your range of, of influence. So you got a lot of people that's going to hear. Uh, wish you a uh, happy Father's Day down there in Durham. Yeah. All right. All right. God bless you all. All right. God bless you. Bye now. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right.